What's going on, everybody? Happy New Year. Uh, start to a new year. The first episode of 2022 as well. Uh, me and Kyle here, super excited here at Athletic Intelligence to get things up and going. And uh, a lot of things to talk about in the world of sports. Um, we have a lot of different things to touch base on. So uh, I know that we're all excited here and I hope that you are as well. And we got some big things coming up. Uh, what, what would you say, Kyle? Big things on the way? Yeah, we got some big things on the way. Um... I'm going to be completely honest. I forgot that this was the first episode of the new year. <laughs> I, I, like That's how long my week's been. And I, I feel forgot that like, we've jumped into a whole new year. Right. Uh, man, bro, like we had so many things happen over the weekend that it just was very, very wild. Oh, yeah. A whole lot of stuff and um, things that we'll touch base on from what we last discussed and uh, new developing stuff as well in the world of uh, college football, NFL, NBA, boxing as well, and MLB as well. So we'll have a a few different things to go over and uh, touch base on. Uh, I think the very first thing that uh, we last touched on was college football. Yeah, Uh, we had the playoffs start. Yep, yep. As you could tell, there was a Georgia against um, Cincinnati, Michigan against the Bulldogs and Georgia, and uh, ultimately it's going to be a rematch. Georgia and uh, and the and the, you know, Nick Saban <laughs> essentially uh, over there in Alabama. So they're there once again. Uh, they did meet up once before, obviously before the playoffs happened, and uh, obviously the Alabama did take that win. Uh, who, who would you have winning uh, this matchup if you were a betting man? And where does your heart necessarily lie if you had to choose? Like, you look at how both teams played. Like, they both blew out their opponents. So, you expect them to, like, at least have a shootout. But Alabama's defense looked amazing. They were dominant from like the first snap and so I want to say dogs like I'm still riding with what I said last week that the dogs will win the whole thing mm-hmm. but just how that Alabama defense played it is going to be such a tight matchup all the way through I agree it's not going to be a, I think the Bulldogs will play better I think the uh, Roll Tide is going to still, you know, be, you know, full momentum. Um, so it's going to be a dogfight. Things going to be a shootout. I think both defenses and both offenses on both ends have, uh, you know, a laundry list uh, to get prepared for the 10th, which will be January 10th. So next Monday. Uh, so I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, even more contested all four quarters. I know the Bulldogs started off strong and it was like the first half, first three quarters that was competitive and then started to get away with them, uh, away from them. So I'm going to say it's, it's going to be a close one. If I'm a betting man, I'm going to have to say Alabama because they've just proven time and time again against the Bulldogs especially. But where my heart lies, I would definitely love to see Georgia kind of just get past this hump beating the big brother. Yeah, that would be something. Oh yeah, you you can only imagine. <laughs> I, like we talked about it last time, how like that weird zap I saw was the last time that the Braves won a World Series, Georgia lost. 
So, like, realistically, if history repeats itself, Alabama's going to win. But it would be nice for everybody in Georgia to get two championships out of it, you know? Oh, yeah. That would be super nice to really rewrite the script after years of nothing, right? Um, to have it where in two different uh, categories in terms of MLB and college football, uh, you have it where you know they they won the championship. So uh, it'll be a big game for the state of Georgia. Uh, let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, I heard, uh, I, I saw a meme. I don't know if it was really, like, someone was talking about that, uh, like, you know how, like, the playoffs are, like, usually played in, like, the Superdome and stuff, like, mm-hmm. on the East Coast? Yeah. Uh, in the South? hmm Somebody was like, why don't we play the championship game in the Rose Bowl? And I'm, when I first heard it, I was like, ah, you know, that would be kind of, be kind of weird. And then I kind of thought of it, because, like, well, the players would have to start a little bit sooner, because the Rose Bowl usually happens New Year's Day. Right. So, the scheduling would have to be, like, kind of rearranged, or the Rose Bowl would just have to be pushed back, which would be real, like, if you've ever watched a Rose Bowl, it's usually the best bowl game of, like, the year. Typically, yeah. And they also threw out a point, if it was played... At, in Pasadena, literally no team would have home field advantage because no California team would ever make it. <laughs> yeah, so a little dig at them. That's a yeah. good point too. So like it, it was, it was funny, and then I, I actually kind of got to think of it, and I was like, that would actually be like such a great way to watch those games. Like, not saying to take away from like the bowl games that like we watched with the two teams or the, the four teams in the playoff mm-hmm. but realistically like at some point the like everybody wanted to play in the Rose Bowl why not keep it that way to like just have the Rose Bowl be that final game that everybody wants to get to like in their in their college career yeah Rose Bowl is obviously the more recognized one out of all of them really um, so I don't see any, I don't see anything wrong with that. They may have to obviously rearrange a few things with scheduling, maybe start a little sooner or maybe, um, you know, move some things around, but I'm definitely not opposed to, especially location, um, definitely neutral zone. I think this year it's going to be in Texas. I think at the Cowboy stadium, if I'm not wrong. Um, but I'm not, I think definitely think, you know, that's definitely the more recognized bowl that people try to play in and so I agree have it where the championship could be at that you know type of event and it fulfills everyone's you know want um, if it does matter to the players and the schools um, but otherwise yeah uh, I definitely think as a uh, as another priority gotta add a, a few more selections instead of just four teams you know I, I think eight is a sweet spot you know eight teams uh, eight competitive teams um, now I know with doing that they may extend um, things a lot more instead of it being two weeks pretty much in between um, it'll probably may, maybe a full month or maybe just three weeks who knows um, but I definitely think they should definitely add a few more teams instead of just four where you know there's no room for error honestly 
Um, I think, you know, a number six team could potentially be a number three team or a number two team. You never know. Uh, so I, I hope that they incorporate that in the future and potentially have it be a Rose Bowl. Sorry, I was drinking a water. Um, Are you good? So I was talking about it with, like, so the best part about my job is that, like, there is like four people that are my age. Okay. Everybody else is older. And I'm the oldest, second oldest out of like the young group. Mm-hmm. And so I like brought up the idea of bringing more teams into the playoff. And a lot of them, a lot of them, like they're from the East Coast. So like they're like, they have affiliated teams from that side. They would love to see more of those teams make it because if you look at the top 10, you still have a lot of East Coast schools, you know? Yeah. Like, we, we missed Ohio State, which they were great, kind of, but like, we've, we have better teams here. Like, let's be honest. But incorporating more teams into it it would make the playoffs so much more enjoyable to watch just for the sole fact that like we don't we don't get to watch three total games at a playoff right like and i brought up the point where like is it is it really even worth it for like everybody else like we do a they do a top 25 in the country and you choose only four schools to play in a playoff? Like, what's the point of doing that? Like, you might as well just do your top ten and then just take... Still take the best four. You know, like, the 11 through 25 doesn't matter. Really, 5 through 25 still doesn't matter. If you're not top four, like, you're, you're nothing. And, like, yeah. I feel like for those schools that are top five... Like that's a real blow to them that they still they cannot even get a chance to even play for this like game. No, I agree. I think they should definitely get a shot because then it kind of diminishes teams that may have only gotten one loss, but they're fifth or sixth, but they're looking from the outside in. Uh, I still think they get a fair shake. I think those teams are just as competitive um, to definitely surprise the top four teams potentially um, especially in college you, you know the reason around saying yeah I'll never really bet my money ever on a college game is solely because it's just unpredictable you know it's more predictable quote unquote in a professional setting whereas in a collegiate setting there's so many upsets so many different things um, it, you know you never know and so I think you know there should be more teams. It should feel like, you know, if you're the top eight, you know, you're, you're elite. You made it. Or even top 10 out of the 25, you know. Otherwise, if you're not four, being five is now looked frowned upon out of the top 25 out of all this. When really being number five shouldn't, isn't bad, but it's looked down on, you know, because you just weren't top four and such a you know, wide amount of universities. Just, uh, I, I hope they change that starting next year because the top four is kind of getting old. 
Um, definitely to see some more competition and more teams get a, a fair shake. Right, and especially just because, like, it's not a shot at Alabama, okay? But I am so fucking tired of watching Alabama play in the championship game. Like, like, like I can't hate them because they're good. Like, you know, like, that's not that's not my my thing. Is But, like, they only had to play one game to get to the championship. And I, I, I still believe going into that game that Cincinnati was still that, like, horrible underdog. And it just showed like they had they had no answer to Alabama for the whole game, right? But it, like that's just how Saban is. Like we, like Saban just finds a way, and Saban is just the best. He's he's the goat. Like when it comes to coaches, like he he is, he is the goat of college coaches. Yeah. I just think that at some point in down the line, making it longer just makes it, it would be beneficial for like we're even to talk business standpoint. You would think if you add more playoff games instead of all these bowl games, the NCAA makes a little bit more money because like these games are like a little bit more highlighted. Like so, I I wasn't sure if it was actually played in Dallas or not, but it's actually played in Indianapolis in the Colts stadium. Okay. Uh, I see why you saw it because it like, even when I looked up tickets, it said college football playoff Alabama versus Georgia presented by AT&T. Like, like that was, that's literally the title that's like for it. And so I kind of was like, oh yeah, it is in Dallas. And like, when I saw tickets, I was like, oh, that's in, that's in Indianapolis. But so it's still fair, fair uh, neutral zone. Yeah, neutral like zone. honestly, that's a good spot for it because like that's where everybody goes for uh for uh, the combine. Mm-hmm. Very neutral place, just like the best, the best go there. Like I mean, it kind of makes sense. But adding more teams in the future makes the playoffs so much more interesting to watch every single year. I think so too. It just adds to it more excitement. That's why March Madness for college basketball is such a big thing because everyone, there's so many teams that has a, a fair chance. You know, you have a chance to keep going, and you know, and I love to see that for college football. Um, and hopefully, the NCAA. Uh, I know they've been talking about it. It's been in talks. I just hope that they actually go through with it. Um, and I, I don't see what the holdup is. I don't see. I know they may have a maybe a concern for you know we don't want too many games to then well I don't think they're saying this but because uh, they could definitely add more money in their pockets but I'm not trying to think for them but you know injury more games that's why you know uh, for NFL they don't want to add too many games obviously because uh, of injury and you know taking all that pounding from a season now to you know three four games to get to the Super Bowl but. I think everyone can agree, especially the board or whoever, you know, to have a few more teams on there. And that might take up another week or two uh, for all those games to take place. Uh, probably the whole month, really. Uh, you, you could probably shift some things around if necessary and get things moving. Uh, so I think it's uh, something to look into. Hopefully they can do that. And if they do, yeah, you have more schools involved and 
not too too many but it can be exciting yeah uh that's all i really got in college football life and now i mean like we still have one more game for that but, i mean there's literally a bowl game on right now and it's lsu and kansas state and i'm watching it and kansas state is with so about to be 21-7 but like at to end the first half it's 21 right. like it was like it's, i don't need to see this bowl game like i need more playoff games in my life yeah same i agree those are more critical and all these other bowl games could probably be potentially more playoff games instead just mean more you know um, Houston has a problem besides the Rockets being terribly terribly bad uh, they got some like how do you want to say it like internal issues with like players and coaches like yeah some locker room problems maybe like given I don't know half of these guys on this roster don't know anything about like their like optical antics like if any of them like or you know apparently there's a spirit spirited debate according to head coach Steven Silas and it involved Kevin Porter Jr. He left in the middle of the game against the Denver Nuggets which I I didn't I still like am looking for video of like what if like was like actually on the bench like another topic we're gonna talk about later but mm-hmm. like I don't know like to just like leave an arena during um, like your game is just insane to me like it's childish but like at the same time like I don't know what the hell is going on with these coaches that it's just like it's getting to that point yeah, I, I mean, I can, and I'm sure, sports background, you know, if you're out there leaving while it's the middle of the game, it feels weird in itself. Like you're not out there to finish the game, um, to just leave during the middle of action and, you know, play is still going. It's not a good look um, whatsoever. And it was obviously with Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, I guess he just lost his temper during the. And he did halftime discussion with the coach and just didn't return to the course. So I guess he just stayed in the locker room or maybe he, he left and went back home. I don't know. Um, oh, yeah. We're returning, leaving. Yeah, he left the Toya Center actually during the second half. So he, he left altogether. That's got to be kind of weird doing that. Um, and I don't know what exactly was said, but I guess Michael or um, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, he got upset after the assistant coach uh, John Lucas challenged him uh, revisiting an issue that led to Porter losing his composure on the bench during the first half so something got revisited he lost his temper and figured yeah I'm not going back out there and I mean at the end of the day you know you're gonna have those we see, we've seen it you know, across any sport coaches and players having their heated battles and discussions you, you know, headbutt about it. You come to an agreement or, you know, disagree, disagree, who knows, and you get back out there. I mean, that's what you're getting paid for, too. Um, for him to, whatever, it couldn't have been that deep for him to not 
you know, go back out there and take that anger out on getting a win, right? You know, what if he took that anger and channeled himself getting 25 in that half, right? And he ended up having, let's say, a 50-point game, 50 point game, I don't know, going for 40. Um, I think I agree with you. It does show some childlike, childish, you know, behavior. He is young. I think this might be his second season. Um, first to second season. So, you know, he's got to definitely, you know, grow and mature. Who knows what the Rockets are going to do in terms of, you know, a fine or whatever the case may be. I haven't heard anything, but yeah, that's definitely not okay. That's, you know, you got to kind of get things in check. You know, it's like, if you're not going to play, you're at least going to be on the bench, you know, something. Right. And I'm like reading here. So it is his second year. Uh, he was drafted by the Cavaliers and he was a part of like the huge 14 trade that led to Harden being on the uh, Nats. So, this being said, okay, he was traded for a second round pick. He he was, if I remember, he was the number 30th pick in the 2019 draft. Okay. He exploded on team officials over them moving the auxiliary, auxiliary area who they basically like they okay so they basically just moved his locker so that they can put Jared Allen and uh and uh Torrent Prince kind of where he was at he showed up day one and then like his locker was moved okay so like they're <laughs> like again like is it that serious your locker just got moved. Like, sorry. Like, just need it. Just need to put these two guys here. That, that's all. Nothing personal. We just need to move the, lock, move the lockers. Okay. Why now you just look like. Like, you just. Like, really, you just look like a huge child because of, like, just everything that's going on. Like, if you. Like, I've called you out. I've I've been to the gym with you, like basketball wise, like with you and Izzy, and sometimes I'm like, you just gotta stop fucking taking that shot. Like that shot's not going in. You're not you're not getting it. You know. Most of the time you take that and you always try to make that shot, and by the end of the day you're like sitting in the shot. You don't. You you've never once looked at me. And then just walked walked off the court. It was it's always been like a like you had to take that criticism and like perfect your craft with it, right? Right. As a professional athlete, how did you get to this point? Just pats on the back. You're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. Probably not. You probably yeah. had at least one coach in your life that like has ripped you to shreds so that like they can get the best at. Mm-hmm. And for it, there's like no excuse for his actions in leaving the game. Um, if they they haven't find him, I don't see why they wouldn't. Like you, like that. That's just unacceptable. Like, 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 like we have a topic later on that we're gonna talk about. Like, where con- the consequences for that were like a lot more severe. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, we're like, I don't even know if he's still like. 
I know he's still on the roster, but like I don't even know if like he's played a game against the Sixers after that. Like, uh, it says that their um, their quote unquote punishment is still to be determined. Um, but I guess the whole ordeal was lack of effort on his end. He wasn't playing hard enough. So you know, that's something he has to look in the mirror and see, you know, check himself. Yeah, like I'm I'm looking and I I don't see him. I don't see him that he played on uh, against the Sixers. So he might just be uh, uh, like just not active or something a coach's decision to you know put him on DNP do not play or did not play right like yeah, I, don't, I don't even see him on that list okay like that's what's like very good about that like I like you would think that if they like cut him or whatever like that would be like a lot more public so I don't yeah think, I don't think that's the case but like I I would if, if, if the punishment that they need to give him is probably a couple game suspension and then a fine just because of like the wasting of time that he did for that for the whole staff the whole organization like like you were just wasted everybody's time by like just showing up it's not even it's not even just wasting time it's just um and i agree but i think the biggest point if i'm in if i'm a coach if i'm a gm if i'm the owner you're not gonna just walk out on a team halfway into the game and there's not gonna be any repercussions we gotta set a precedent and an example of you that no one's gonna get away with something like that or else if we do that then they're just gonna think oh you know you can just do whatever he wants and there's no repercussions like you you leave halfway into your shift at work your manager is not gonna be okay with that so just because you're making all this money and you're a rising star on that team doesn't mean you're going to get away with that. Even if you're the star of the team, LeBron's not going to get away with that. He's going to get pulled through the ground as he already does on a daily basis, even if he has a great night. So I, I think, uh, I don't know which one or the other or both in terms of, you know, fine or, um, you know, uh, having to, you know, miss a few games. I would say for me, if I'm the GM, you know one game suspension two game suspension at most and if you do have to find them nothing too crazy probably a few thousand um i probably would yeah i don't know depends on also on the contract if they already have set amounts too but something you know just to be like okay well you're not playing this game but he's already not been playing so something more official as a suspension um just to set the record straight right and level set um yeah you just can't have that in a culture stand ba- stand base yeah uh before we jumped in jump into christian wood i don't remember if we had talked about it before but sticking on fines like ben simmons like surpassed like 10 million dollars in fines like right before the year ended like like the calendar year uh-huh and Do you, like just hearing that number okay he has lost 10 million dollars this year by strictly not playing right crazy that is just in, that's insane and i was talking about it with this kid at work and i was just like 
he was like, I'm surprised it hasn't been more. And I know that, like, when you get into, like, the, like, fine print of contracts, like, he's he's got to make a certain amount a year for that contract to, like, still be okay and everything. But, like, it made me think he's, he's right. Like, if, if we're talking about a player wasting time for, for somebody, it would be Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons still has even, like, came close to touching like the floor this season and we're we're da- we're like we're damn near halfway through the season <laughs> like like where and I know that we're like we're still waiting on like a trade for him but like are we even gonna get to see that I don't I don't think it's gonna happen this year I think it's gonna happen during the off season if I'm being honest so I don't think we're gonna see him suit up at all this year um and he must be I mean he knows the consequences with the amount of fines with him not playing each and every game and the money he's losing by not just going out there I mean I I don't know what's going on with him I don't know his personal life I don't know what's going on through his head emotionally um, mentally but I don't think he's going back out there if I if it were me knowing how much money you know is we're only almost we're not even there just yet but we're creeping up on halfway into the season and you already missed and you're well you're being fined and you're missing out on 10 million dollars so that leads me to believe you're probably gonna miss out on another 10 million by the end of the season so that's 20 million altogether that you could pocket for not only yourself but also your family or your future family i don't think he has kids yet and those kids and those kids kids right and for anything right you know so it's like that money is just gone and i bet there's many people who wish they could be in that position right to play and make that money and i don't know what's going on behind the scenes but he just seems to be just shying away from the 76ers fans but it's like you're gonna have to face the music if you're let's say he gets traded this year right and he's on the let's just say i don't know what what team let's say portland trailblazers i don't know during an away game there might be a game where hey in the month of march let's say he's going to you know the wells fargo center right that's they're going to boo him he's gonna see it at some point if not this year next year like the fans aren't gonna just walk up and forget about that he's gonna come across it um if that's where he's shying away from i mean I don't know. He, I, I feel like it's self-inflicted on on himself that he's doing, and it's been whoever his agent is. Uh, I think it is Rich Paul, uh, LeBron's agent as well. They just handled this whole thing a little funky, and it's nothing wrong with asking for a trade. But if he still asks for a trade, and then like, hey, I'm still playing hard for this team, regardless, you know, making up for what happened in the playoffs where I didn't take this layup and I was being very tentative and all this. The, if what I've heard is Philly fans, all they care about is effort. And let's say he brought the effort in. Let's say the first few games they were kind of giving him a hard time, but after that they're cheering for him. Then it's done. You know, no one's talking about it anymore. It's cool. You still want to trade? Yes, no, maybe so. I don't know. But I, I feel like they just went about it all wrong. And during the off season, it was really messy. And now he's missing a whole bunch of money that he could be pocketing. So I looked at I looked it up. He's making thirty three mil this year. So 
realistically, he would be. He would be making thirty-three mil. He would be. He would be making thirty-three mil this year. But you would, like you said, assume that then over the next half season, if he doesn't play, he loses out on another ten mil. You make thirteen mil in a season, which I mean, like, I would, I would love to make that kind of money, but it's. I still think that the whole. Like, so what I've learned about Philly fans, like I've I've become friends with Phillies, Flyers, Eagles, Sixers fans that like diehards. Like they they explain to me that of course, like you want a winner, but it's always those guys that play their hardest and so everybody else that like they love to play for a Philadelphia team they just always draw to love them and it doesn't matter how good or bad you are and I mean like we're talking about Ben Simmons who is a, like a first overall pick all you have to do is just try a little bit like like your jump shot's not there that's fine you have other elements of your game to put into and like if you could develop a jump shot like everybody wants you to you're a god tier player like his size at the guard position is just ridiculous but we don't get to see anything good out of it I'll say I'll say this um, to cap it off unless you have more to add to it that might spark your, your interest but you remember uh, it, it when I, I love Giannis as a great example for this because when he first joined the league, it was very small. It wasn't the same size as he was now. Everyone knows that, right? That transformation that he made in a couple of years, he just ended up getting a lot of muscle, growing a, uh, getting a lot of pounds off of the muscle and looking, his game evolved as well. I don't know if people remember this, but during his first few seasons, he had a jump shot. He was shooting the ball, threes, everything. His jump shot looked different at the time. But once he obviously grew in size, uh, his jump shot looked what is now a little awkward, right? And so there was a stretch even when he was winning Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, things of that nature. He was uh, he didn't have a jump shot, or at least a consistent one. Um, but during that time, he was aggressive. Like he was going after it. He wasn't shying away from a shot. Even though he didn't have a consistent one, he was still shooting it, though. And that's what I think I was looking for in Ben Simmons. To, hey, you have someone else that doesn't have a shot either, but he's been working in the lab during the offseason, during the season, working on it. And even when he doesn't shoot the ball, he's still aggressive, making an impact in other ways, um, not shying away from contact or going to the free throw line, even if he's not making them. He's still going at it. And I think that's such a mental toughness that he just doesn't have. Um, and I, I just think Giannis is just a, a great example. And now Giannis, not saying that he's a sharpshooter or nothing, but he's shooting the ball more confidently. He's making more shots, which is scary for the league. But he's been working at it. He's been, and I just want the same thing. We see Ben Simmons shooting the ball and shooting these threes. You know, they're in the off season. You know, just doing that. But it's like, okay, we want to see that in the game, like. And he doesn't have to be the best three-point shooter. He doesn't have to shoot a bunch of them. You know, he could do post-fades. 
you could do you know mid little mid range uh, jump shots, but he just is very timid uh, with it. So hopefully he can evolve. He could be such a great player. He has a lot of potential at the guard position at that height and size. Um, I just don't know if he's that passionate enough about it, or I, I don't know. I just don't see the dog in him to get better. I think he's just collecting the paycheck and just riding the wave. Yeah, and I mean, like, those are just the players you don't like. I mean, that I don't like. I, I a little bit of work. Hard, hard work beats talent when then talent doesn't want to work hard. You know, yep. like that. That's strictly what I've always lived by. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's a shame for him. Like, he needs to just get his head out of his ass, and he he would be fine. But I'll just leave it at that by, like, just saying, like, he either just needs to, even if, if, if they don't trade him. Because, like, a month ago, Woj said that the great trade talks were heating up, but then we still haven't gotten anything out of it yet. But it's only been a month. I, like, I don't even know what the trade deadline is for, for basketball, but, like, he, at some point, he just needs to play. Like, you you as a player still have to show your worth and if you're not if you're not gonna play like i I just have to assume that you're gonna be bad when you come back yeah that's just time away from the game like you're telling me he's not gonna come back rusty like is it i I don't even think he's still practicing with them right no he's not even practicing with them He's he's not with the team at all i am just going to completely assume when he hits when he gets traded or whatever the fuck happens with him, I expect him day one to be rusty. If he comes out in his first game and like has a career game like it, like that, like I don't think that would happen at all. But like if that were to happen, like it would like literally just be, it would be a mental thing. Like it would just be like the fact that he doesn't want to play for Philly, which is like dumb. Like they have a good team, they do. I can't deny it. Like, I don't like them as a team. I hate him. I still hate him, dude. But, like, they have, if they would just all play together. Like, that's all they need to do. That's all they need to do. And they just, they haven't done it. And it's their own fault. You got Doc Rivers as a a coach. Okay. You have a, a great coach that had this Boston team just dominating the league. Now you guys, you guys just don't want to, guys want to put your head together to like make make a run out of it. Like that's just insane to me. Like I'll leave it at that, just because like we have we we we're talking we're about to talk about Christian Wood, but yeah, no, I agree with everything he said. You know, it's just people make uh, simple scenarios or simpler scenarios way more complicated than it needs to be. So that's unfortunate. Um, but hopefully they learn from it, you know. But uh, with Christian, something a little more light, light, um, <laughs> lighthearted. Uh, Christian Wood had it where he was uh, during the game. He was uh, about to outlet the ball to another teammate, passing it, but he overthrew it, and it uh, ended up hitting a person, uh, a lady that was walking, you know, in the stands, or not in the stands, but you know, behind the bench in a way, uh, right in the face. Right in the face, hit her, 
real good <laughs> saying the least and uh Christian Wood's reaction was kind of like oh like you know I totally over not only overthrew that and it's a turnover but I just hit somebody like square in the face it was as if the pass was intended for her um and so it was it was a good hit uh there's a lot of <laughs> good velocity in that throw too yeah uh if you haven't seen that he he that was a dart just right at her dome and yeah like you said like you, you could see his reaction was just like damn like but like what are you supposed to do like okay first off like i don't know how it is like I, i've noticed people walk around in like basketball arenas more but in baseball they actually like it's like a rule that you're not allowed to walk while uh game is in play mm. like as soon as like it like a pitcher's like about to go through his like wind up and everything they're supposed to be sitting down or like in your seat at least just, just to, to be safe just to be safe because like you know like we, we've seen it time and time again just like foul balls hit somebody and like that that's it always ends up horrendous and like basketball it's not like that I would assume like unless Shaq's like flying at you like you know like you best be praying, but right. like kind-heartedly, he threw the ball, hit her in the face. Like you know, like what are you gonna do? I would laugh. I would kind of laugh. Like, firstly, like I don't think they like, especially you're sitting so low, walking around during play. It shouldn't be allowed, you know, like because of stuff like this. Because like really. What if she did? What if she looked like the target he was hitting, like he was aiming for, and like his mind just said, "Yep, there," you know? Maybe perfect, perfect dot is on her head. Like just mentally, he just said, "Yep, that's where my pass is going," you know, just because she was standing. Like, <laughs> I hate him for it, but like, yeah, that yeah, I hit her straight straight on. And- he ended up posting on his Instagram story, you know, putting some laughing emojis and saying, you know, um, I forgot what he said exactly verbatim, but essentially uh, he was going to offer her, uh, you know, uh, tickets to, I don't know if it's season tickets or at least the next game's tickets um, for, you know, at the Toyota Center. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, she just earned herself some tickets, you know, you know, you know, uh, getting a, a ball to the head. You know, comes with a perk, right? But I ended up seeing a developing story. I didn't get to send it over to you, but I saw something where the lady was actually pissed off that he he put he kind of laughed at the situation. She didn't find it funny. I'm just like, huh? And and other the responses to the posts, people were saying, but he offered free tickets and he apologized for it. Yeah, he laughed, but it's kind of like. You know, everyone's like, haha, you know, okay, that happened. That was obviously a, you know, a mistake. It wasn't on purpose. It was on accident. And hey, you know, because of this, you know, miss, uh, you know, unfortunate scenario, here's uh, tickets to the next game. Here you go. But you're more focused on because you put a laughing emoji in front of all that. Like, I don't know, man. It's giving me Karen vibes. <laughs> It was a big Karen thing, dude. Like, so again, it's a laughing matter. It's not like he kicked you in the face, right? 
Right. Like, it's not like he intentionally tried to hurt you. He simply threw a pass and the ball hit you in the head. He had a laugh about it. Everybody had a laugh about it. Like, the fact that he laughed and she took it a lot more seriously. Like, it's her fault. Like, like there's just no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, you're taking it way too seriously. He offered her uh, courtside seats to any Rockets game, which... Mm-hmm. At this point, like I don't know how much, how valuable those are, um, but for that reaction out of her was just ridiculous. Like, yeah, this wild. Like, like where? Who are you that you like you? You're asking for this apology. You're trying to get an apology out of him, even though like there's nothing really to apologize for. The otherwise that he thought it was funny that like you got hit like is that is that so wrong like (laughs) it definitely wasn't on purpose I mean he's not intentionally doing that um and he went out he didn't have to offer free tickets but he did and you know I, I don't know I think some people just take things a little too seriously and not like he had any hatred in his heart to directly go towards you as he, as if he has some personal vendetta, you know. So that's just uh, interesting to me. Um, who knows if she'll end up taking the free tickets or not with her being better. Um, but she's fine. Not like she got a concussion or gushing blood or something, you know, or broken a nose. Not, she's fine. And some people just want to harp over stuff more than needs be and that's what she's doing so all in all um that's you know all rockets related there i I, forgive me uh i know you aren't expecting this but this is such a a topic that i think really took you know news over the weekend i feel like i want to bump it up just a little bit it's about antonio brown if we can um i had it where i was uh that morning and that early afternoon I was watching some games and um, you know doing some stuff around the house and then I see uh, as a little during one of the games there's just a little you know usually show highlights but instead of the highlight it went over Antonio Brown I see him shirtless you know leaving and I was like oh is he in nope he's not injured he's definitely fine what what's going on and I guess as they're displaying it that he just left the fields that there was no recollection or any understanding of why so adam sheffer comes out saying you know uh, he left the game after some tit for tat with the with the coaching staff and i see a uh, different angles of the video of him leaving and you see uh you know uh, the players trying to you know calm him down but you know he just takes off his gear his shoulder pads uh, takes off you know his gloves and his shirt and he tosses it to the crowd and he's uh kind of just jogging off while there's a play soon to happen or at least they're huddling up it's kind of like okay what happened like no player just does that right like even antonio brown he wants to be out there um so what was your first reaction when you first saw this kind of happen were you just more like as Antonio Brown, but like, you know, 
what was your thought process? So, word got around my store about Antonio, like Antonio Brown, like left, and like it was very weird to like just hear that he quote unquote left. But then, like, so on my lunch break, I'm all sitting there on Twitter, like, trying to find it. And then I saw the video of him leaving and then the little sideline thing with between him and Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. So what I dug and found was they were Bruce was telling him to get in the game and Antonio Brown was saying that he was hurt. And... To everyone's knowledge that didn't know, he did not practice Thursday and Friday because of like like of an injury reason to his ankle. Okay. My biggest thing out of it was like watching it. First off, I don't understand why you had to take off your jersey and everything and throw it. Like again, child. Like temper tantrum just it wasn't that serious. But then he's, like, running off the field. He's, like, jumping up and down, which, if you were hurt, why are you doing that? If you can waste all this energy doing this stupid, like, little jumping jack motion as you're running away, why couldn't you just be in the play for a quick little slant route? Like, that, that, that's the point that, like, I don't understand of it. Uh, I did, however, like, also, like, someone came out and said, I think it was Schefter again, that, like, he was, like, a couple catches away, 30 yards away, and a touchdown away from, like, a million dollar bonus. And, like, it was gonna be, like, it was so easy that it was just, all he had to do was show up. And you walked away from it like that? Like, a million dollars isn't much to, like, these guys because they make X amount of money. Mm-hmm. But you would think just a quick mill just for stats is pretty solid. And if I'm, and I, I don't mean to cut you off there, but if I'm to add on to that, I don't think that was off the table, that bonus, that he was only a few yards, maybe one more touchdown, uh, a few more receptions. I don't think that was off the table until the end of season so I think he might have one more game to fulfill that even right like so why like like again like why are you so close you just say yeah no it's just not gonna happen you know even if you like like I said even if you are hurt okay okay we're talking about Tom Brady here okay and like I'm gonna bring something up to you later about Tom Brady like nothing bad like just another topic but he's not gonna throw you into an injury right and also if he knows that you're playing with an injury he still expects the best out of you but like if you end up getting hurt because you're playing at least you were playing you know right he's gonna give you your credit just because you're you like you, you gave it your all but I don't know, like just like Bruce Arians came out at the post game conference saying he's no longer a bug. 
the next night he was he was he was still in New York. He was at a basketball game. I can't remember who he was watching, but like yeah, it was uh, Brooklyn against the I want to say the Memphis Grizzlies. You're right. I, I remember seeing Josh. So he, he was in the Barclays Center, fucking doing nothing, just sitting courtside, looking like total tool, but. So he didn't travel back with the team. So you just really assume that he's just not there, right? Right. Where... <laughs> like, not saying they don't... Like, Tampa doesn't need him because, like, it's Neil Brown's a really good player. But... You still have Mike Evans. You still have Gronk. Leonard Fournette's still there. Like, if... The Bucks still have a team to like put make a playoff push and still be the best team in the league. But just his antics and like everyone's blaming this, that, and the other. Saw some people throw out the CT shit, which is like if anybody that follows football has realized that CT is like being diagnosed with all of these players. And can't rule it out because possibly happen. His effects just might be showing a lot faster or he's just being arrogant about it. But the guy needs help. And we like we were talking about it at work and somebody asked who was gonna be the team to pick him up. I honestly do not see him back in the NFL. Just because, I like, for Bruce Arians and, like, for every, everyone that doesn't know Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians doesn't take shit from anybody. He, like, from his assistant coaching days in Indianapolis, he just doesn't take shit from anybody. He's just, he, like, he expects you to do your job and he wins ball games. So, for him to take the chance on Antonio Brown, because... Tom Brady wanted to play with Antonio Brown. We saw the matchup for a game in New England before Antonio Brown had even more antics off the field. And so they rekindled the friendship back in Tampa Bay and it's worked out. But like now, really, any team that takes that chance on them is high risk, low reward. And it, that's just it. Like, like, I just don't see him playing in the NFL again after this. Yeah, I was saying the similar thing. This was his last audition. If he had walked out on his own terms in terms of like, you know, during the offseason, they're trying to come to an extension agreement. They just couldn't reach one. But he's been playing good all season, you know, and no antics, nothing of that sort then, you know, there might be a possibility a team may try to take up on picking up a high receiver, such as him. Very talented still. The fact that it's just um, not the greatest look and leaving in the middle of a game on top of that, which doesn't look any better. I think this is like, usually it's known that, you know, the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick, that's like the last road, uh, you know, pretty much in your career. Um, this, even though he did give that a shot and he didn't last very long, uh, but he got a shot here 
because of Tom Brady. Yeah, this was his last audition and he didn't leave out in the best way and or at least leave on the the best light on him. And I think ultimately uh, he's going to have to start thinking about retirement, you know, and I hope he's been saving up. Hope he's been investing. Hope he gets into that NFTs and crypto and, uh, you know, start looking into some other things, man, because I think. I'd be very surprised if there was a team that took him up. And if they did, it's kind of like, okay, how desperate are you? You know, um, and that's not to say desperate, that he's not talented. He's very talented. It's just the antics. And I was rooting for him. I, I want, I want him to have a, you know, however many years he still played with the Bucks, you know, he, you know, have a, you know, still, you know, on and off the fields. No, nothing in the news, anything bad. You know, I'm rooting for him. I, I think he's a great talent. I think he's a good guy. He just does not portray himself well, and I think he's kind of arrogant in a sense. And um, but I was hoping, you know, he could definitely turn the ship around. But it was doing so well, you know, last season and a half now, or most of one, and then this happened. So just unfortunate, man. Um, I don't see it happening for him. I think his uh, NFL career is is, uh, is done. It's written. Yeah. Um. We can talk about somebody that played with him for a while, put up with a lot of his stuff. Um, Do it. Big Ben. He played his what seems like his final home game in Pittsburgh uh, last night. Yep. Yeah. I was like. Oh. Bro, I, I didn't get to watch most of the game because like, I was driving home from work. Mm-hmm. But seeing the ending of the game and I kind of thought to myself before it happened uh, it would be kind of sick. Like, it, like as, a, as a, somebody that's watched Derek Jeter's like final home game like on TV you would just like have you have you seen that i have so like you know like the excitement and like what i'm like about to say mm-hmm. for ben to take the like take the knee at the end of the game to seal the win is just a legendary shit like for your legacy that's how you want to leave right you want to leave on a win but like you want to be like dominant in the win you know like you want to make sure that you're securing it yourself just because when you secure it it makes it a whole lot better you know it, I, it was a, like if you saw how emotional he was talking after the game mm-hmm. like you can just tell like he isn't ready to like hang it up but it's just, it's just his time. Like, like, he, like we've seen the decline in his game. Like, literally, he was twenty-four for forty-six last night for one hundred twenty-three yards, <laughs> a touchdown and an interception in the mix. Yeah. Najee Harris on twenty-eight carries ran for one hundred eighty-eight yards and touchdown. Like, when your running backs kind of like outdoing you like that, like you're kind of like, yeah, like it shows, you know, but 
sucks. I love that they got the win. So when I saw at the very end, when I saw Baker throw that interception, like with a little less than a minute left in the game, I was just like, he got it. Like he, he's got this where, where like he can end it in front of everybody. And like seeing how emotional he was, like I could only imagine like him tell him in the huddle saying victory formation and where he was where he was at. I could only imagine that like it took so much out of him to like not drop the snap. Yeah, I think uh, I didn't get to watch the game, but I did get to see obviously the highlights and everything, and even the press conference uh, or the post game uh, interview. I think Big Ben, obviously, face of the franchise for all these years and. Winning some Super Bowls, definitely big during his heyday. Um, obviously emotional, you know, so many years in the league. Uh, he, there was times where he was, uh, I think the last two seasons, he was questioning, you know, coming back and retiring. So this has been on his mind, I think, for a while. And he even had uh, mentioned it earlier in the season that this will be his last season. So he has made that officially clear. Um, he's ready to go. It's definitely just tough. You know, you can't prepare yourself for that last game and that last snap and the fashion that it happened to. Um, it all becomes surreal. So we get that out of the way, right? So respects to him. Illustrious career. Hall of Famer. Um, record books, you know for Pittsburgh Steelers and they he got to end off his last home game there at Heinz Field with a win. Love it. Let's get to let's get to the real though. When should he have I I realistically retired? At least two seasons ago. At least two seasons ago. Um I think it's been overdue, especially when he started hinting at it about retiring or coming back I think once he mentioned that I was like okay if you're already thinking about retirement at this time and outwardly talking about it your head is not really in the game like that anymore and he hasn't really done much I mean the season that they went what almost perfect uh they I I don't I think was that last season or the season before I forget but they were pretty much undefeated for what 10 plus games right like 12 12 and 0 whatever the case may be and I'm just like big bands getting all this praise and everything and I'm like okay yes they're winning games but they're they're not really being tested those games are all winnable games uh, for the opposing team especially because you know those teams aren't that good their schedule wasn't tough but on top of that they're barely winning like each game is a nail biter for games that shouldn't be and Big Ben's not really playing all that well um, and then they end up getting exposed by the end of the season and uh, the first round exit too you know so I think I think uh, Big Ben Hall of Famer I just think that it was long overdue I think it should have been about two seasons ago that uh, he should have retired and walked away uh, from it but um 
it is good that he was able to end it off on a win. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he a couple years ago he was probably fine walking away, and it would have not had that much for him. Uh, it's not over. Uh, they can still make the playoffs with the win next week, and then like uh, like one of those weird little <laughs> kind of couple things need to happen there in the playoffs, and it's very doable. But so it's not done. They know it's not done, but I can't see this team winning the Super Bowl. So like I'm not gonna go that far. But they, but for Ben, he still has a lot to play for. But his career should have ended a couple years ago on his term. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's now watching him out there. It's like yeah, he's just not where he was. But great, great career, uh, long career too. So we have a we have a few more things here. Um, I kind of want to touch base on uh, this Jake Paul versus Dana White. Uh, for those that may not know, uh, Jake Paul had uh, reached out to Dana White, uh, pretty much asking for some demands, not demands, but just an offer where he would offer to retire from boxing and fight Jorge Mas- Masvidal, who. Uh, they've been calling each other out in the UFC only if Dana White would agree to these terms which would be guaranteeing UFC fighters 50% of their uh, UFC annual revenues uh, increased fighter pay to $50,000 per fight instead of the minimum being as of current $12,000 so that would be a good bump and provide long term health care to fighters which I'm not surprised that they don't have that because Dana White just does not take care of them I think that should be something that they should have given you know, the long-term effects and whatnot. But uh, so ideally, Jake Paul putting this out there in these terms and conditions, I'm thinking there's no way Dana White does this, right? And so Dana White responds with the video, uh, which you and I have both seen. And he pretty much didn't mention or even acknowledge any of the topics there in terms of the uh, terms and conditions that Jake had mentioned. He skirted from that and his main focus was specifically on if Jake Paul could uh, agree to showcasing and verifying if he's been uh, using steroids. (laughs) And so he totally skirted from that. I'm not surprised by that necessarily. And there's some jabs that he threw at him in the process. I don't know if you saw this, Cal. Day this morning, Jake actually put out another video in response to that one, where he ended up saying how he called him out, saying that you didn't re- even acknowledge what I said, and pretty much saying <laughs> that he smoked coke um, and just more jabs his way, and just pretty much saying how he wants the betterment of the, the fighters and if he can at least you know you know acknowledge these terms then he's more than fine retiring from boxing and moving into UFC uh, not only that but that he'll definitely have himself be steroid tested at any time whoever the person is to get that going so they're pretty much you know going back and forth right now and what I find, and I want to see your viewpoint, but what I find really interesting about this all is 
I don't see Jake Paul in the UFC. Boxing is one thing. Seeing him in an octagon, I we've all talked about it. We all we've all thought about it as he's taking on these UFC fighters. Like, okay, what if the roles are reversed? I don't see him in there. That's a whole different world. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible. You know, I think I, I've learned to think that you know you got to be open-minded nothing's impossible it's only crazy until it happens that's my thought process right um but i'm just like that's a whole you know you're taking on these ufc fighters who they aren't predominantly boxing as you are predominantly boxing now if you go in a world where now there's clinching wrestling uh, kickboxing and boxing on on the mix that's a lot to now learn and who who knows how long of a time and so oh man that's just rose reverse i if he ended up winning hypothetically a fight in that scenario against let's say jorge masvidal bro i my respect for jake paul after the last fight uh which was a real fight that time around i got respect for him right but if he were to do that I, I would definitely be jaw dropped as long as it is, isn't fixed, which I would not imagine it would be uh, for this. Um, but yeah, How, do you do you take this to be something that can actually happen with these terms and conditions? Do you think they can come to that agreement to make this all happen? And and how serious do you think that Dana White is even taking this? So I don't know how serious he's taking it because I would like to say that he's a smart business guy. But at the same time, like, I feel like he's got this feud with Jake now that it, and it's just going to keep growing and growing where it's going to happen. Uh, Jake has no chance. Boxing is... It's, it's its own sport. Like, it's a martial art. But we're talking about guys that specialize in grappling, kicking, and throwing punches. Like, it's he would just have no chance against any of these guys in their sport. I think what he's fighting for is very, very good. They do need to get paid more. They, they don't have long-term health insurance. That's just dumb. We're talking about people killing each other for entertainment like if they're not getting that already they that just needs to happen so like i i love that he's fighting for it i just think it's very funny that it's just all twitter beef between <laughs> dana white and jake paul like it, that is like even how trolly jake is the fact that dana white is even replying is like ultimate like troll yeah I mean, who would have who would have thought, right? Um, yeah, I, if he's he would need to because if they're trying to, let's say he agreed to those terms, which I think he said middle to early early to mid March, um, he would need to get that enacted and in the system for UFC. Let's say he does that, and then Jake Paul retires from uh, boxing and he's not training for UFC. Jorge Masvidal has been doing this for some time now, right? He's 
not only months, I think he's going to need a full year, but something tells me they're going to try and do, if they were to do that, they would try to do it by end of year. But I don't think that's enough time. And so, yes, there's, that's going to pull in a lot of money, right? It will. A lot of pay-per-view, maybe not. I could be wrong. People would be like, like our need to kill it out there. Why would we watch that? Like, we already know the result. And some people might be like, yo, we're going to see something that where Conor McGregor left UFC to go box with Floyd. We want to see that. It's, it's all different. It's all out of the norms of how things are. Um, I wouldn't care to see that personally. I personally, what I care for Jake Paul to do is fight actual boxers. He's fighting these former NBA stars, UFC fighters, one by one. I'd love to see him go against an actor who's actually in it. They're, they're seasoned, or maybe they're just starting out, whatever the case may be. I want him to see, I want him to box like an actual boxer instead. Um, finding these guys who are past their primes, retired, all that. Yeah, he, he he's getting those wins, but I just don't think it holds as much substance in comparison. So I think it's really great what he is fighting for, for the UFC fighters. I think they should appreciate it, whether they like him or not. I think they would agree with it because only benefiting them more pay and come on. Um, I guess I, I didn't even know that they even didn't have any health care. Am I surprised? No, but I had no idea. So for him to do that and bring awareness to it, I hope that Dana White can, you know, put something in, in place as an owner to take care of his, you know, he, they're the ones making the money. You know, they're the money makers one by one. If Conor McGregor is gone and he never comes back, there's going to be another one that ends up coming around. You know, so you got to take care of the fighters for sure. You know, and um, hopefully that brings awareness and he does that. But I don't see him agreeing to these terms. Dana White isn't going to just bend over bend over for Jake Paul. Uh, but the fact that he did respond, interesting. Very. Uh which one do you want to talk about first? I I feel, I, I feel like we could end with the NBA one just because like we don't really have a uh, prediction for this week. Right, I, I'm down to go with the MLB one. I think this was uh our this is the first topic of the year for MLB besides uh, us last year uh, with a lockout. So um, let's let's go with this MLB uh, one right here. So, for those who don't know, Ken Rosenthal, he is just, he's been the face of, of MLB reporting for years. He got fired slash let go. So, his contract was up at the end of the year, but, like, it was just so abrupt of them just saying he's no, he's no longer a part of them. Be because of comments he made against the uh, commissioner with I'm one of them but there is many MLB fans that really do not like Rob Manfred as a commissioner uh, it's just kind of insane that like, a, like he's a, he is considered a journalist he writes his articles every single day he is known 
I'm not saying that he like rips into everybody, but like he is known to like not show bias and be critical. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Professionally, yeah, against everybody, players, <laughs> coaches, just he he gets into it. So like to see that he had comments about Rob is not surprising. I'm glad he had it, but now he got fired, and it's kind of like. We already have a lockout, so like this is about the time I start getting excited for baseball, and like I can't even get excited for it because nothing's going on. But then for this headline to come out, it just makes it even worse. The like now we're just gonna fire reporters for doing their job. Yeah, uh, during this lockout time. Um, you're only hoping for any news that come out to be something positive, right? Uh, especially the one for, uh, I'm sure, all fans to hear something about there's no more lockout, but to have it where reporters are now uh, getting fired for being critical towards the commissioner. It's like, okay, you know, clearly the commissioner uh, can't take any uh, limelight or any fire um, from a reporter um, who seems to be a no-nonsense guy. You know, he's going to shoot it to you straight and he's honest and he's going to tell you what it is and how he feels. Um, and I think it was well-deserved. No one likes the commissioner. He, I think, is questionable. I think there should be a new commissioner. I think he should step down. Um, but because someone shared their opinion on things that they disagreed with for him to be uh, fired it's like come on it makes me wonder now like if a reporter a player uh, a GM whoever says something about one of the commissioners in the NFL NBA they're gonna get fired I mean I know it depends on how extensive that was maybe or how you know what was said if it was super unprofessional um but nothing that this guy said was anything where he's talking about his family or threatening the guy you know something ridiculous like that i think it was a this makes it look even more worse on the commissioner's part and i don't know that just it's just a bad look uh during this time altogether yeah especially because you like (laughs) I'm already expecting a shortened season, like as of right now. So, just for that to be your the kickoff to your year is very, very, very suspect. And I hope at some point he steps down too. I don't know how the commissioner things work. Like I know that they're under contract for a certain amount of time, then they get voted in. But like where like I just don't understand what like so we we talked about this with Urban Meyer when somebody was like leaking like comments about the team and he said he would fire him out we're like does he even have that authority for that you know and like you would like you would think as a commissioner yes he does to a degree but firing him like 
you can ban from baseball, right? As a commissioner, yeah. you have that power, but like you're you can fire a uh you can fire a reporter for literally doing his job. That just like just doesn't make sense to me at all. Like that definitely surprises me. Yeah. Like uh, like. I want more to come out of it. Like, I'm waiting for him to, for Ken himself to, like, come out and, like, say something. Or even Rob, like, explain why he got fired. Why you did it. Because now everybody kind of just looks at you as a soft person. True. Like, and it might be true. He's soft. But, like, we can't just assume that. Um, You have to have your reason that you did it. And if really you don't disclose it pub- publicly, just because for whatever reason you don't want to, uh, makes you kind of a pretty shitty fucking person, you know? Yeah, it makes it seem as if he's soft and sensitive about it, and he just can't take some criticism, you know? Uh, that's just what it comes down to. Uh, so it's a it's not a great way to start off the the new year and the MLB world. Uh, but this is where they're at right now. Hopefully, in the episodes to come, we're able to say that the lockout is done, and there's some at least some positive and uplifting things to to expect and come from. Um, but right now, it seems uh, only only bad things at the moment. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we get some more better baseball topics to talk about. Like I'm still following the lockout and everything and there's just there's no new information to put out there since the last time we talked about it but hopefully soon we're sitting at a point where where baseball starts heating up and we can actually have conversations about it definitely and once that does happen then we'll definitely hit those points for our MLB baseball uh, fans and uh, those that are definitely looking to see what the new intel and information is to end it off uh, we also have uh, for the NBA, you know, the All-Stars. Uh, obviously, there's rumblings on who should be All-Stars and people voting and getting that in place. Uh, about a month from now, usually around Valentine's Day, uh, the first two weeks of February, that's usually when the All-Star game uh, comes around the corner and uh, is uh, played. And so I don't necessarily have my selections at this particular time. I like to definitely uh, settle in the rest of this month and then by the end of this month, heading into the month of February, once it's about a week or two away, I think I have a better idea. Um, but I do have an interesting question. And if you have some selections already, definitely say them. But I have an interesting question for you. If you feel that there may be, because each year there's always some players that are snubbed, right? Every year there's a snub. Uh, both the East and West Coast. Um, but is there one that you feel like will happen this year that first comes to mind, if you had to guess? Bill Devin. Like, you think Devin Booker? Yeah. Like, so, one big one I can give out, that's probably it. I, I, so I, I thought about that, and me and Thomas actually talked about it before we uh, obviously started this podcast, right? 
and I asked him the question just to see and he said Devin Booker and I was like you know that would be crazy right but I was thinking to myself like wait a minute let me look so he's a shooting guard is there anyone else in the Western Conference that's a shooting guard that would get more votes than him out of popularity or just off of his play as a fifth factor and I was like the only other shooting guards would be Clay when he comes back but I don't think he's gonna get that many votes because he hasn't played for two years Donovan Mitchell after that it's you know know, not many other people um, in the shooting guard position in the Western Conference so I I I would like to say he would be potentially even starting um, this year I think that's kind of a stretch really okay I feel like he's grown a lot of popularity and respect, especially off of last year's run, you know? I don't think he'd be starting. If anything, he's still going to be reserved, but... But no no way a snub. I think he would be snubbed. That's wild. We'll have to see then. If he snubbed again after more attention last year with the playoff run this year as well with more national TV games so like no one has an excuse to not know who Devin Booker is and what he's capable of and what he's been doing um, you know with the bright lights and he's been playing most of the season averaging 23 a game 24 a game I mean and they're number two in the west if he gets snubbed again I'm and it's been light shut on it too by De- uh, Damian Lillard last year um, saying that you know he deserved a spot on there, I'd be very surprised uh, if he got snubbed. I think that I don't know any other shooting guards in the Western Conference that would get more votes than him, unless you you have an idea of who that would be. I would. I just still have to wait for this next month, just because a lot can happen. Because I mean, like, there Paul is a favorite to play and like I feel like if Paul gets in there that's kind of where Devin gets snubbed like no one's gonna want to see two Suns players there unless you actually like enjoy watching the Suns play I mean uh, I mean we had it where when the Warriors were all together with KD Draymond Steph and Clay, all four of them were in the West, and people still picked them, even though they were probably the most hated team. But yeah, it was just that time in basketball. Only two. Their fan base, like we don't need to get into their fan base because but we've already gotten into it before. But they, their fan base is what got them there. Like, there's a reason why those Cleveland teams didn't have the same all-star team after their big figures so lebron Kyrie, and kevin love yeah they were all all-stars i don't at the same time yeah i don't remember seeing kevin love touch for them <laughs> he didn't play big minutes no or maybe he was also injured but they were definitely on there and i'll take back what i said then but I didn't. I I don't remember watching. I know Kevin loves an All Star, but I didn't know. Th- I did not see him play those games together with LeBron and Kyrie like we did with that whole Warriors roster. 
Well, if it wasn't Kevin Love, if I if I'm off my marbles, you know what I'm saying, then then the, at least Kyrie. So at least a two out of the three. Um, so I think people like to see Chris Paul in there. Uh, I think he'll get there. I think the same with Devin Booker. I think the person that I think will get snubbed. I don't know who would necessarily get snubbed this year. Um, I, I, again, I'll have to probably see once time gets a little closer. Um, I know who won't get snubbed this year uh, compared to when they did last year. Maybe. I don't know if they did. But uh, John Morant should definitely get a spot in the reserve uh, this year. He's, he's balling out. So hopefully he doesn't get snubbed. And hopefully Devin Booker doesn't either. I just don't know any other other guards specifically shooting guards in the Western Conference that would be ahead of him Uh, I'll I'll challenge you with this because I I think and I'll end off on this uh, out of the whole entire Western Conference at the shooting guard position the only other player I two players I had in mind in the shooting guard position that would be in the same tier in terms of who's the best shooting guard in the Western Conference and that would be Clay and Donovan Mitchell beyond that open season yeah, with that no, go ahead that's, that's a fair assessment now I've and I like to say this confidently I don't think Clay Thompson he's going to get some votes you know but he just will but I don't think he's going to get that many votes specifically because he hasn't played like most of the season Um, and by the time he does come back it'll only be maybe less than 10 games that he's played by the time All-Star comes so I don't think there's enough substance there he's All-Star worthy but yet we, we haven't seen him play so I don't think he should be above anyone else that's been out there most or all of the season. That's just ethical, and that just makes sense in my head. Um, so the only person that I see rivaling Devin Booker is Donovan Mitchell at that point. If for whatever reason he Devin Booker gets snubbed, I think there should be some sort of change in terms of voting for All-Star. I, because then it's, it's the public, it's the votes, uh, you know, nationwide. It's like, what are we doing at this point? No matter if you're a fan of, you know, if you're a fan of the game and a fan of the sport, and you can re- real recognize real, you can recognize, you know, a talent like Devin Booker. I don't think Devin Booker is a hated player at all. I think everyone likes the book, and he's a respectable guy, and people respect his game. If you are right that Devin Booker get snubbed there's there's I, I might have a rant <laughs> I might have a rant and that would be wild but do you think Devin Booker may be the best shooting guard in the Western Conference right now that's uh, <clears throat> as of this season probably but when I mean we're still we sort of will have Clay and Curry I know Curry's a point guard but like he is a shooting guard that could pass. Uh, without those two, yes. But he he's a solid three right now. Uh, 
Well then, hopefully it doesn't get snubbed, man. Uh, we'll definitely have it where later this month, and before obviously before All Star Weekend, we'll definitely uh, we might we might have to have some fun with it. Uh, see about making our selections and who we would choose when they have the full pool of players um, already selected before they do the you know the team captains and all that. We'll definitely have to see uh, who we would take and what would our team look like and uh, do something like that. We can maybe even. We might have to. We might have to do something similar to that. So, um, but you know that'll come quicker than we expect, and we'll be able to see how Clay looks. Um, those, you know, this next month as well, uh, and see how the voting uh, shakes out. Do you think that's all that we got for this week? I believe so. I think that's everything, man. Well, thanks for coming out for the first episode of 2022, guys. Uh, Again, catch us on all of our socials at Athletic Intel on Twitter and at athleticintel.pod on Instagram. Uh, we're going to be a lot more active on those accounts this year, so keep an eye out for that. Yes, sir. Keep an eye out. Uh, enjoy your guys' day. Start off the new year strong and uh, definitely keep up, keep an eye out for the, the, that contact that we'll have uh, moving forward. Yeah. Thank you guys for showing up again, and we'll see you guys next time. All right. See you.